Collins. It's a Monday night in the laundry room studio, and uh, apparently the country is getting ready for an Arctic blast that is supposed to shatter more than 200 cold temperature records. So I am living in fear of waking up tomorrow to the worst possible thing that can happen to the South, which is snow (laughs) or sleet or anything that even mildly resembles winter precipitation. Um, It's not a good thing down here. We don't know what to do. So I've been on (laughs) Facebook today and seeing that um, one of the weather forecasters that I follow is saying that he expects that there may even be some closings tomorrow. So what in the world? It's just cold, right? It's just cold, wet. Why would anything need to be closed? But um, just in case you end up snowed in tomorrow, this uh, episode of the podcast will be live for you. So maybe this will give you some time, pass some time for you while you're dealing with whatever weather situation is happening wherever you are. This is episode 19 of the no longer new uh, podcast, Oddly Adulting. And I don't really reckon that I have any new listeners coming on board in episode 19. Um, I don't know. I feel like most people probably start from the beginning if they find a podcast. So um, this is probably redundant. But just in case, I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there at the beginning of the podcast this time that you can find me online at oddlyadulting.com, which is where you can stream the episodes, or you can also find it through any of the podcast apps. This would be helpful information, I guess, if you're telling someone about the podcast. Clearly, if you're listening, you already know how to find it. But I did actually reach out to a friend recently. Um, I have a friend who uh, drives a really long distance every day to get her daughter to and from school. And so the thought crossed my mind, hey, I wonder if she listens to podcasts. So I messaged her on Facebook and said, hey, I don't know if you listen to podcasts or not, but I have one. So just in case you're trying to uh, alert someone to the fact that this podcast exists, they can find it at oddlyadulting.com or on any of the podcast apps. They can also find me on Instagram at oddlyadulting. And I try and share stuff there that's kind of, you know, gives you a little bit of um, insight into what my life is like or what my daily goings on are. And I usually make a post when I have a new episode as well. And then of course, if you're listening and you enjoy it and you'd like to help me keep the lights on, um, you can send me a donation through PayPal. There's a big donate button on the website and it makes it pretty easy. So, um, I'm very thankful for the fact that I have five people who've officially, um, thrown some dollars my way and I call, all the people, all five, <laughs> all five of them, my producers, and really any of you that are listening are my producers, because if I didn't have an, you know, if I didn't have anyone listening, there would be literally no reason for me to keep recording. So thank you for being here. I um, want to talk about my day for a minute because it was kind of one of those days. It was a Monday, a very Monday, Monday. Um, in our stay at home homeschooling life because we had a super busy weekend. And I know I have told y'all before that because of the fact that we are home so much, whenever we're not home for a while, we start to get a little like, "Ah." 
I kind of just need a day at home, like to get myself back to normal. And we definitely had a weekend like that. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my two oldest daughters, so my, my oldest and my middle girl, they share the same birthday and they are not twins, but they are birthday twins. And that day is November the 15th. Um, also my husband happens to have a birthday on November the 16th. So I tell people, I warn people at the beginning of this time of year, like basically from Halloween until New Year's Day, it is insane because of the fact that we have three birthdays in one weekend. Well, first we have Halloween. Like I said, it starts on Halloween and it just keeps on rolling. We have three birthdays in one weekend. Then comes Thanksgiving. Then comes the Christmas season. Also, my mother-in-law and my dad's birthday are mixed into these um, in December. And then you have Christmas. And then you have New Year's. And so it all kicks off this time of year. And so that sort of all things sort of came together for us this weekend to start this whole crazy busy season. And so um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what those things were in this podcast. Um, but first I'm going to tell you how today went as a result of having a very busy, basically we had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, super busy. Okay. So today I was like, Oh, I'm just going to do like, you know, kind of have like a home day, like a recovery day. Okay. Well, you know how you sometimes like sabotage yourself as a parent? Um, you know, like you punish your kids, but then it ends up being kind of a punishment for you. (laughs) Yeah, I totally worked myself into one of those scenarios. So this is what happened on, I think it was Saturday. Yeah, we had some downtime on Saturday in between the crazy of, of Thursday, Friday, we had a little bit of downtime on Saturday, then it got crazy again, Saturday night and Sunday. But during that downtime on Saturday, my loving children who you know, pretty much like one of our family values is that they have sort of, um, free reign over crafting supplies. Um, this laundry room that I'm sitting in, it's really more like a utility room, um, because it's got these two sets of floor to ceiling shelves on either side of the window where this little desk is, where I have my, my stuff set up. And a, a good portion of this shelving is devoted to craft stuff. And most of it, is stuff that I moved with me for multiple years. Like through the years I have tried to pick up hobbies and then I have put them down again. So like there was a scrapbooking phase, there was a, um, cricket, you know, vinyl cutting and paper cutting card making phase. And then there was a crochet phase and sewing and, um, calligraphy, um, glass etching. I'm just looking around the room and trying to see, trying to see all the, all the things that they're evidence of and all of these failed hobbies, um, the evidence of all of these failed hobbies. So I, I managed to amass a large quantity of things and like craft stuff is expensive. You know, like every time you pick up a new hobby, it is expensive. And then if you have like willpower issues or impulse control problems, if you go to Hobby Lobby, it's just bad. It's just bad. So I moved when we moved into this house four years ago, I had a large amount of craft supplies that was just sort of like a really motley assortment. 
and I brought it all with me because I just thought, God, this stuff was so expensive. You know, I don't want to just give it away or throw it out. So as a result, there have been many opportunities for my kids to be like, can we have some of the whatever? Can we have some of this tacky glue and these papers that are cut into weird shapes? Yeah, sure. Knock yourself out. Can we put, can we use this ribbon? Uh-huh. Sure. Can we have these fabric scraps to make whatever? Yep, you sure can. So we have, it. it is part of our, you know, normal, it's normal that they can come in this room and for the most part, they know what they're allowed to get into and what they're not supposed to get into, but most of it is available to them. Well, so this was my mistake. <laughs> I had the box that my microphone came in and I had it um, in here because I had packed my microphone up to go to Baltimore and then brought it home again. And then I packed it. I actually packed it up and took it with me on a trip to visit our best friends in Alabama. And I, I tried getting her to do a podcast with me, but I didn't think she was quite on board yet. So you guys will just have to stay tuned for that. It's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Um, but we didn't manage to get around to it while I was there. And so, um, unpacked it, had Chris set it all back up because he has it on this cool swing arm thingy with the, um, whatever this thing is called, the screen, the sound screen or whatever. So anyway, he got it on the swing arm and then the box was left open on the desk And wouldn't you know, there was this extremely tempting, oddly shaped piece of foam inside the box. And before I was even knowing what was happening, that piece of foam got straight up harvested, okay, and was turned into, and I think I took a picture of it, so I'll probably make it, (laughs) I might make it (laughs) the Instagram post for this episode. Um, It got cut up. And refashioned into furniture for a little people house that my youngest, my youngest is obsessed with building things. She's probably like, I can imagine her growing up to be an engineer of some kind or an architect or something because she is nonstop building things. She's always been interested in how things work, how things are put together. And so she's constantly making little like models out of we, we still have one floating around of paper. Like she made a house out of a box and she created partitions with paper and she made furniture out of paper. So, but this time the foam called to her from the box and she done messed up AA Ron because <laughs> I really wanted that foam to stay in the box. So I kind of sort of flew off the handle a little bit when I discovered that the foam had been taken and turned into furniture and like even decorated it. Like she painted it or colored it with markers or something. I mean, it's really sort of impressive. It was made into a bed, I think a chair curtains. I mean, she really made that foam go the distance, but I was pretty unhappy about that. So I said, you are grounded from crafting for a whole week. And she was like, what? what do you mean? And I was like, no scissors, no glue, no paper, no string, no sewing, no, 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 no coloring, no nothing. Okay. And it was like, I felt as the words were coming out of my mouth, I felt myself like I felt the instant regret, like, Oh, this is going to be bad. You are going to pay for this real bad because crafting is a (laughs) big part of their life. Okay. So then she tells me she kind of narks 
on her sisters and tells me that it wasn't just her. It was all of them. She was only going to use a little bit, but then they were like, Ooh, look, you could make this or you could make you do this. And so basically she implicated them in her crime. So all three of them got grounded for, from crafting and a week would be like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So like we're only on day three of this grounding. Okay. So We had a busy weekend. I planned for us to stay home today and have a home day and they cannot craft and they, you know, remember this very soon after waking up and they're coming to me like, so, um, when you say we can't craft, like we, like we can't even use scissors. We can't even do this. We can't even do that. And I'm like, no, I can't do any of it. No crafting. So... Then I said, but it's okay because you won't have any time. You won't have any extra time to craft because I have a job we have to do today anyway. We're going to stay home today, but we have something we need to work on. So what I said to them was, I said like almost verbatim because the birthday is coming up this weekend. And then shortly after that, we're going to be having Christmas. I said, we need to clean the playroom closet out today before the birthday present onslaught starts this weekend. This is a perfectly reasonable request. Okay, what they heard was, bring all your worldly possessions downstairs and create and video yourselves performing an elaborate puppeteered version of Aladdin. And that is quite literally what they have done all day. Okay, Every, I mean, I can't even describe to, I can't, I can't even describe to y'all the mess that has resulted from me letting them have a day off that did not involve crafting. Like I will never complain about millions of little snips of paper being everywhere again. I will not complain about hot glue cemented to my kitchen counters If y'all could see the mess that has resulted now, I mean, I'm not going to down talk the fact that what they have created today is (laughs) pretty hilarious, hilariously genius. They made, they brought all the stuffed animals, like every stuffed animal we own has been assigned a role in this movie production. They used string that they get this. Okay. They didn't use scissors. I caught one of them gnawing through, <laughs> gnawing through the sk- the string to create the puppeteer mechanism so that they could like make the bear into a puppet. <laughs> it was really kind of genius. So like all day I did not have the heart to be like, stop that. You're making a huge mess. Clean this up before you go on to the next thing. But y'all my, the joint is straight trashed, straight trashed. And they didn't get through all their scenes. So they're like begging me at four o'clock when normally we do like kind of like contain the mess of the day. Please don't make us put over there. We have to finish tomorrow. We finish tomorrow. We promise. We swear. We promise. We swear. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so, (laughs) I'm so past the point. Like I've accepted that this is my fate. This is my punishment for me grounding y'all from crafts for a week. So it's fine. Whatever. Their dad did not feel the same way about it when he came home and walked into the disaster zone. And I was just like, listen, you know, just let Jesus take the wheel. This, this is, there's no point in us discussing this at this point. (laughs) So yeah, you know, coming soon, coming soon to a home theater near you. Um, puppetry, puppetry Aladdin. Thanks to the odd sisters.
Sorry, I'm banging my teacup and my spoon around over here. Oh, man, have y'all ever had orange spice tea? It's so good. What is this? It's the, it's the brand that's famous at the grocery store. Now I can't think of it, but you know, it's the one that has a million flavors. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So anyway, that was my day. I've been straight punished, straight up punished. And that's just my parenting lot in life for this week. So I'm going to just move on and live with it. So what did we do this weekend that was so busy? Okay. Well, I'm going to work backwards because I want to tell you this, this part should be short. It was just kind of the coolest little observation that I made and something that I now totally aspire to have in my life. Um, Sunday was my sister's first baby shower and I'm so excited. Y'all, my sister is having twins and not just any twins, twin girls. This is basically Aunt Lindsay's dream come true. Because I have two nephews and I love them to death and I have no idea what to do with them. I do not know what to do with a boy. I'm, I'm totally in the dark. Like when we kept our nephew a couple weekends ago, I was just endlessly fascinated by him because I was just like, what's he doing now? What is that? What is this about? Oh, wow. Wow. I never would have thought to do that with that train. Okay. Yeah, sure. It can be a rocket. Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever works. Like I am so in the dark. I'm completely clueless about boys. So when my sister announced that she was expecting, I was like crossed fingers, crossed toes, crossed eyes, like, please, dear Jesus, let them be girls. Otherwise I'm going to feel just as useless with these babies as, as I have with my nephews and praise the Lord. We're getting twin girls. And actually this is so cute. My, um, my youngest every night at bedtime when she prays, she thinks, she says, thank you. Um, that her aunts, that, what does she say? She says, and thank you for making my aunt's babies be girls, just like we wanted. (laughs) So cute. So anyway, first baby shower was Sunday, yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday. Man, it feels like, mm, it's been a long four days. So the first baby shower was yesterday. And I always like to have something to do at events. Like I'm totally a Martha in the Martha and Mary combination. You know, Mary's over there, like at Jesus's feet, listening to him teach. And she's like completely oblivious to what's going on in the house. Meanwhile, Martha's in the kitchen, like raising a stink because nobody's helping her do anything. I'm totally Martha. So I like to have something to do. Even if I'm a guest, I just feel weird. Not not doing something, not pitching in. And so, especially cause it was my sister, I'm like, man, I want to do something, you know, like give me a job. So when it came time to open the presents, I was like, Hey, I'll go get pen and paper and sit down and write down, you know, who gave you what so that you can do cards later. So there I am sitting down. And then, um, my sister's sister-in-law says to me, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I, I like having something to do. And she's like, no, I mean like, do you even know everybody's names? And then this panic like washed over me. I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. I I don't really know anyone's names. Like, cause these are, these are like, it was her or her four, my sister's four sister-in-laws through the shower. So this was kind of like his side of the family and their extended family and friends. And then like my mom and my kids were there and I knew one or two of her friends that were there, but mostly it was like all of these in-law type people. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, no, I don't know anyone's name. So now I'm panicking. 
But I'm like, okay, it's okay. I'll power through. I'll just ask. I'll just be like, okay, who's this from? And how do you spell that? You know, well, the craziest thing happened. Probably like 80, upwards of 80% of the gifts that were handed to her had little like name cards stapled to them. Like if you've read Little Town on the Prairie, okay, track with me on this one. If you've read Little Town on the Prairie, do you remember when Laura is describing how it was fashionable to have calling cards and how all she wanted was calling cards, but she knew that they were really expensive and she didn't want Paul to spend the money on them. And then of course, Paul, as he always does, comes through and surprises her in the end and gives her a set of these calling cards with just your name on it. And so it was meant to be like, whenever you went to visit someone's house, you left your calling card. Okay. Well, legit, like above 80% of the people who brought my sister a gift have basically the 2019 version of a calling card. It's just like a little business card size thing with their name on it. And they just stapled it to the package. And that's how you knew who it was from. And I was like, where has this been all my life? Like, I don't like buying cards and then you like your name is inside the card, right? So like when you buy someone a card, it's great. You know, if they like receiving a card, a lot of people don't like receiving cards because then they feel like they have to do something with them. So I'm always kind of caught like, "Mm, do I buy a card? Do I not? Do I just use that tacky little like piece of cardboard that's attached to the gift bag. But what if you're not using a gift bag? What if you're wrapping a present? Then you're like just writing on it with Sharpie. It just looks tacky. This is the answer, y'all. We all need to bring calling cards back into fashion or at least name tags or what. I don't even know what these things are called. But this is this must be a very Southern thing because we had to travel a far distance to get to this baby shower. So it's not near, it's like not near where I grew up because I grew up kind of in like a metro area. Man, it was so cool. So most of the gifts right there as she's holding it, I could peep over and go, oh, this is from so-and-so. And then I knew exactly who it was from, how they spelled their name. And so it wasn't a thing at all, but it was so cool. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this. I think it's because it's kind of like this old fashioned sort of feeling thing, but with a totally 2019 usefulness to it. So if anyone knows what these are called, please tell me and please tell me where I can get some because dang it, I want some, I want some cards that I can just like smack on the present so that everybody knows who it's from. So cool. All right. Sorry. I'm like slurping in the microphone. That's gross. So that was Sunday. We did it in a day trip. I convinced my husband to come along with us, even though it wasn't like a couple shower I was like, please, will you drive us down there? Because it was like a three-hour drive. So he drove us all down there. My mom came with. He dropped all of us off at the shower. Went to Bass Pro Shop for two hours and bought a pair of shoes. Okay, weird. Didn't know you could buy shoes at Bass Pro Shop. But um, he did that. And then he came back and got us and then drove us home. So it was a long day. Well, we were especially tired because the night before, Saturday night, had been piano recital. And this was a stressful year because between, um, we took a long trip in August. So they already had their recital pieces. They've had their recital pieces since probably like maybe like May, June. And our piano teacher, I love her so much. She's so fun. 
she really makes it fun for the kids. She really makes it low stress for them. I had a very stressful piano teacher and I actually really hated taking piano, um, and quit like with great flourish because of how much I hated it. So when, um, I was signing my kids up for piano lessons, it, but I regret, like I wanted to play the piano. I can, I can play the piano, but it takes me a long time. I have to sit down and really like really think hard about it and pick it out, you know? Um, so I really wanted my kids to learn to play piano, but it was most important to me that they have fun. So when I found their piano teacher, I told her, listen, I am not going to ride them hard about practicing. And I don't want you to do that either. I just want you to encourage them. Like if they have any natural talent, like work with it and just make it fun. I just want it to be something that is fun and that they want to stick with because they enjoy it. Not because you know, I'm writing them about it. So I really don't make them practice. It probably, that probably makes me a bad piano mom, but I don't really make them do it. It's something that uh, several times a week I'll say, have you put any time in on the piano? And they'll either say yes or no. And then I'll say, okay, well, you know, I know Miss Janet is really expecting you to be working on your whatever. And, and that's it. That's the extent of it. But the, the thing that I love about the piano recital is that it's usually Christmas themed. So it's kind of a fun way to start the holiday season. It's also usually way later into the month. It's not usually like the first or second weekend of November. So I got really stressed because they weren't, to be honest, they weren't really completely ready. And part of it had to do with the fact that we took our long trip in August and we missed a couple weeks of practice or a couple weeks of lessons. And then, um, our piano teacher has had some health stuff come up this year and, um, the loss of a family member. So she had to be out for a funeral. So like we haven't been on our normal piano, um, weekly regimen and it really showed. So we, I was getting stressed towards the end of this uh, process, but they had their piano recital on Saturday, but we were completely exhausted Saturday because of what we had done on Thursday, Friday. So Thursday and Friday, we went with my dad and with producer Christy who y'all have already heard about. Um, we went and did something that is one of our favorite things that we do. And it is now, I would say it's, pr it's probably as close to a tradition, um, without it being like a stressful tradition. You know, how some traditions are stressful. And like, if you miss a year, you feel terrible. Thankfully, this is one of these very low key type traditions where we really look forward to it. But if something happens like last year, my dad's hip and knee were really bothering him. So we didn't go and do it because it wouldn't have been good. And we don't want to do it without him. So, um, but we have, we started doing this in 2016 and what it is, is that there is a state park in, um, like Northwest sort of Northwest Georgia called Amicalola Falls State Park. And there's a waterfall obviously. <laughs> and the waterfall is really fairly accessible. Like you don't really have to hike much to see the falls, but the cool thing about Amicalola state falls, Amicalola falls state park, not state falls, whatever is it is the, um, it's the Southern approach to the Appalachian trail. And yes, the correct way to say this is Appalachian. It is not Appalachian. It is not Appalachian. It's Appalachian. Okay. So there's your word, word wizard tip of the day. The Southern approach to the Appalachian trail is there at Amicalola, 
We have actually been there. Okay, so you know the Appalachian Trail goes all the way up to Maine. So you can either start in Maine and go down, or you can start in, in Georgia and go up. Okay, we were actually there one time when some folks came off the trail. Like, they had started in Maine and they were finishing, and their little, like, cheering squad was there with posters like, yay, yay. Okay, we smelled them before we saw them. And that's all I have to say about people who hike the Appalachian Trail. More power to you, but we're going to smell you before we see you. Because, whoa, they were ripe. But anyway. Amicalola is cool because it's got a waterfall. And you can see the waterfall without having to do too much hiking. But the cooler thing about this area is that at the end of a five-mile hike, which is considered the part of the approach trail to the Appalachian Trail... There is a place called the Len Foot, and foot is spelled with an E, F-O-O-T-E. Len is L-E-N. So the Len Foot Hike Inn. And y'all know I love me some plays on words, so this is especially cute because, like, foot, you know, you have to hike with your feet. That's actually the guy's name, Len Foot. How cute of him to have this little punny name. And then Hike Inn... It's spelled I-N-N because it is an inn. You stay there, you sleep there, you get a hot shower and hot meal. But you have, the only way to get there is to legitimately hike in to where it is. You have to pack in and pack out anything that you bring with you. They they do not have trash cans at this place because they're trying to be a 100% sustainable Um, facility with like solar and renewable energy and they have composting toilets and things like that. And so like if you eat a granola bar in your room, you have to take it back down the mountain with you. So you have to hike in to the place. And it is just one of the coolest things. There's a list of like, if I think off the top of my head, there's like five or six things that we've done with our kids that I think are really cool. And, and doing this hike up and staying at the hike in is definitely one of those things because there's just not, I I can't really compare it to, um, to any other place that I've stayed because it's not quite a hotel. Cause like when you check in, they give you your linens and your towel and your washcloth and everything. So you have to make your own bed. And then when you check out, you're supposed to, you know, clean up your cabin, strip your bed, put all of that stuff in the big laundry bins that they have out for everybody. Um, but it's got really good food, the dinner, you get a hot meal, um, and a hot breakfast as part of your stay and they serve it family style. So you're sitting at a big table, you know, you're either at, um, they have two big tables that seat like 12 people, I want to say, and then two other tables that seat six people. So there's only a maximum of 36 people that can ever stay at this place per night. And it's staffed totally by volunteers. So people that come and do the hike in and they fall in love with it, then they come back later and they volunteer and they stay up there for a certain, I don't know how long you, how, how, like how long of a commitment you have to volunteer for, but it's totally something I can imagine doing someday. It's just a really cool place. And so, um, it has a special kind of thing, um, mentally for me because it was the first, hike we ever attempted. Well, really the first hike that I can remember attempting because the very first year when we went, the first time we went, we just went, me and Chris hiked up with dad and Christy because the reason for that was, this was in April of 2016. In 
September of 2016, my dad took all of us, my brother and his wife, my sister and her husband, and then me and Chris and the kids and Christy, we all went together. My dad took us to Maine, which is like one of his favorite places in the world. And it was to celebrate his 60th birthday. So he was extremely generous and took us on this trip. Well, if you know anything about Maine, Acadia National Park is on Mount Desert Island and it is amazing. I can't remember any statistics about it. I probably should have looked some up so that I had some cool stats to throw out. Um, the only thing I can really, really remember is that we stood on a, like a rock face that had a marker that was basically the, it's the easternmost point of the continental U.S. So it's as far, you know, as far east as you can get. So that was cool. But it's hiking. It's just beautiful, varied, all kinds of hikes. And dad and Christy are already really accomplished hikers. Christy, especially, she is the one that got my dad into hiking. And even though he kind of like, sometimes he'll act like sort of begrudgingly like, oh yeah, you know, uh, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go to Norway and do some hiking. You know, I know he actually likes it because he, he's not the type of person that you can convince to do something that he hates. So I know he does actually like it. Um, but she's a really accomplished hiker. Like I said, she's hiked all over the place. She goes hiking in Norway, I think every year, just about every year. Um, she's the type of person who can, she can do like a 20 mile hike. No problem. So when we made the plan to go to Acadia, we were going to take, it was going to be all of us, but it was going to be our kids. And at the time the kids were only three, let's see, seven and nine. Yeah. Or three, six, and seven, about to be, sorry, three, six, and eight, about to be three, seven, and nine. That sounds right. So we had not attempted any hiking at all. N- me, not me, for sure. Chris, not really. Although he does sometimes go and do these things called go ruck, which is more like an a endurance thing. It's like a military-style endurance challenge. But um, I hadn't hiked a day in my life that I recall. And the kids certainly hadn't. So they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll take y'all to the hike in, just the two of you. And you can gauge from this because it's a five mile hike one way. We'll do this hike up and hike down. And you tell us if you think the kids can handle it. And then that will help us figure out which hikes to do when we get to Acadia. So that was our first time going up to Chris and I, the first time going up to the hike in was in April of 2016. So then we went to Acadia in the fall and that was such an experience with kids who basically have no hiking experience and also parents. I mean, really truthfully, like we didn't really have any hiking experience either, but Christy was great. And she coached us on like, okay, here's what you need gear wise. You need this, you need this, you know, you don't probably don't need this, you know? Um, and she did a great job picking hikes that were just right. We did, several hikes that were easy to start so that we kind of could like gauge the kids, um, endurance level, like how long can we be out for, you know, is two hours too long or whatever. And then by the end of our trip in Acadia, we had managed to the whole group, we hiked all the way up Cadillac mountain, which is six miles. And at at a certain point, like I was going to tell you a little bit about what hiking with our three-year-old was like. Okay. First of all, our three-year-old 
was and still is a honey badger. Okay? So, when she decides she's not going to do something, she's not going to do something. And you just have to figure out how you're going to get your goal accomplished around her iron will. So, she started the hike, you know, on her feet. And that didn't last long at all. (laughs) Like, first hike. She's walking, and then all of a sudden she's not. She's done. So the very first hike that we took, I have pictures where, because we thought it was an easy hike, we're like, oh, it's an easy hike. It's really short. It was only going to be like, I don't know, like a mile and a half or something. It was just a scenic sort of. That was the one where we stood on the the rock face, you know, with the easternmost point of the U.S. It was not a challenging hike. It really wasn't. I have a picture where... At whatever point in the hike, she ended up on Chris's shoulders. Now, we brought a baby carrier with us, but we didn't bring it with us that day because we thought, oh, you know, this will be easy. Well, that was our mistake. (laughs) Anyway, she ended up on his shoulders and then she fell asleep on his shoulders. And so there's pictures of her where she's basically like draped over his head. (laughs) I don't even know how he managed to stay upright doing, it was not a challenging hike, but still, I mean, 30 pounds of cement, you know, dead weight toddler on your head. I don't know how he did it. So from that point on, we did not leave the house without the baby carrier. So we worked up to, um, the six mile Cadillac hike. And that time we were prepared. So I was like, all right, we'll take the We'll bring the carrier. It's one of those ones. It's called an Ergo. And so it's really good. It straps around. You, it's kind of like a backpack. So it's got straps for your that go over your shoulders like a backpack. But then it's also got around your waist. So it distributes the kid. And it'll hold up to like 35 pounds. And she was not. She was. I don't even think she was 30 pounds. She was a little. She's a little peanut of a thing. Um, she only weighs like 42 pounds now. At six and a half. So. She was a little bitty. It was fine. We made sure to bring that. And it was not any time at all before she was in it. So Chris and I agreed like, all right, well, you carry her for a little while and then I'll carry her for a little while. Well, see, Honey Badger don't like daddy. (laughs) She, her nickname from basically the time she emerged from the womb was the barnacle because she only wanted to be on me. And that's why I had this baby carrier because she always wanted to be on me. And sometimes I have to get some work done. So it was not long before we just had to face the fact that I was going to have to be the one to pack her up this mountain. So, um, the hike starts out fairly easily, but then eventually it gets to the point to where you're kind of having to do a little bit of like a little mountain goading, you know, like you're, it's, it's hands and feet kind of involved to study yourself and you're kind of having to scale some rock stuff. Nothing scary. Um, at one or two places there was like a little bit of a, like a metal ladder, but not with any scary, you know, crazy drop-offs or anything like that. But basically what I'm trying to say is I had to hike up Cadillac Mountain with my three-year-old strapped to my back looking like Pocahontas or Sacagawea or whatever. Um, So after that, we were like, okay, we like hiking, but we got to get this kid like graduated. She needs to graduate to her own feet. Okay. So we decided the next year when she was four, okay, we'll do the hike in and she can come with us this time. 
we'll all go. You know, we've, we hiked all over Maine. Like this won't be any big deal. Well, she pulled a honey badger on us again. And this time we did not bring the baby carrier because at this point in time, she's four years old. Like she's not a baby. You have feet, you use them all the time. And so I have more very adorable pictures of her on Chris's shoulders going up to the hike in. So that was two years ago. She, we were all, you know, worn out. Like we look like we'd, we'd been beat with a stick, but we get up to the hike in and she's like so much energy, like so excited running around, looking at everything. And it's like, oh my gosh, kid, can you give us a break? So last year we took last year off. We did not go to the hike in. Um, my dad's knee and hip were giving him trouble. So that was another reason. And we just took the whole year off. I was like, you know what? This is just not, it's not for us right now. Maybe next year. So that would be this year. And as you know, I've already told you about, we went to Yellowstone in August and a big part of going to Yellowstone was planning on going hiking all over the Grand Tetons. Um, we did do a little bit of hiking in Yellowstone, but it was really more of like walking to see, to see the stuff. There's a lot of, um, walking, not so much hiking. And I would say the first half of the trip was not super successful. We had a lot of shoulder riding going on. And so by the second half of the trip, we were like, okay, it's, it's time to push her. Well, we figured out really quickly that the only way to get her to hike without crying is to make her the line leader. And after you make her the line leader, she will work you like a dog, like almost to death. (laughs) Literally on the last day that we were in, I realize I've said literally about 10 times. Sorry about that. The last day we were in the Tetons, we were going to be leaving the next day and we had spent 10 days traveling with our friends and then we were going to spend another six days. They were going to go up north and see more of Yellowstone and we were going to go south because we wanted to go to... Um, the little house historic site in Kansas and then to the diamond field in Arkansas. So we were going to be separating the next day. So we decided to spend our last day together hiking in the Tetons because there was a hike to a place called death Canyon that we wanted to try. We put her at the front of the line so that she would stop crying and she about killed us. We got to the marker that said, okay, split off here to go to Death Canyon. And it was going to be like another 1.2 miles to get there. And she was like, okay, let's go, everybody, let's go. And we're like, whoa, 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 we are not up for it. We have already hiked in like two and a half miles. We have to hike back two and a half miles. And she was, she was actually mad at us that we did not make it all the way to Death Canyon. <laughs> so we made a lot of strides. We made a lot of strides with that trip, but she still wasn't carrying her own backpack, which I know sounds like, oh, guys, that's mean. You know, she's like six and she's little and whatever. But you know what? Everybody has to carry their own load. That is just the way it goes. It's not fair for somebody to have to carry two backpacks. We made the other two. They've always had to carry their own backpack, you know, really, for the most part. I think we did let them kind of swap off. I think what we did the first time we took the two of them up to the hike in Um, was we packed one backpack with all their stuff and we made them swap it back and forth so they didn't have to each carry a backpack. But like little Miss Thing had never carried a backpack for any amount of time. Chris was always looking like a llama with all, or an alpaca, I don't know, a a pack mule. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. 
always looking like that with everybody, with her backpack and his backpack and whatever hanging off of them. So anyway, that brings me to this past week. So I mentioned that the girls' birthdays, my birthday twins, their birthdays are coming up next week or this week, the end of this week. And um, this year, my middle daughter is turning 10. And as can sometimes happen with middle children, she has had to kind of go along with and kind of go with the flow of whatever big sister's ideas were about birthday parties. We do, except for their first birthday, everybody gets their own first birthday party because first birthdays are really special. But beyond that, we've really encouraged them and kind of required them to share a birthday party all these years because it just makes sense. I mean, let's be honest. But last year after their birthday party, which I thought was a really cool birthday party, they had a pioneer birthday party and they cooked over a fire and they um, went on a, a spooky walk through our woods with little lanterns, you know, like I thought it was a pretty cool birthday party, but she did come to me later and say, you know, I didn't really want to do that for our party. Like, do you think maybe someday I could pick what we do for the party? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Next year you're turning 10 and double digits is a big deal. So next year you get to be the boss, whatever you say goes. So we started talking about what she wanted to do for her birthday a couple months ago. And she said she wanted to go to the hike in. She wanted to have a hike in birthday party. And I was like, seriously, like with friends and stuff. She said, yeah, I want my best friend and her best friend to go with us and hike up to the hike in. And that's what I want to do for my birthday. And I was like, well, okay, let me see what I can do. Well, unfortunately, as luck would have it shortly after that, our best friends had to move away. So that kind of derailed part of the plan. But I was like, you know what? I know who was always up for the hike in. So I called dad and I said, Hey, your granddaughter wants to, she wanted to have a hike in birthday party. And it looks like the friends that she wanted to take with us there, they will have moved by then. And we're not going to be able to do that. But would you like to near to their birthday, go up to the hike in and do a little, make her little birthday wish come true. Of course they were up for it. So that was what we did on Thursday and Friday. We got up and, um, of course we had to drive a good ways to get to where you park to, um, start. So we had to leave first thing in the morning to drive out to where we needed to be, um, up in North Georgia and, um, met my dad and Christy there and got all checked in. Now, what you need to know about my dad is that my dad had a hip replacement nine weeks ago. Um, so this was going to be his first big like test run of the new hip. And he was pretty nervous about it, but we were like, come on, dad, you can do it. You know, you can, you, it'll be great. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he'd been doing all, he's, he, he's the perfect patient. He always does exactly what he's supposed to do. Like PT and all that kind of stuff. He's always by the book. That's what pilots are. Pilots do everything by the book. So he always does everything by the book. So he had already been working up to like walking three miles at a time, but he just wasn't sure how it was going to go with five miles hiking up. But we were like, come on, you can do it. It'll be awesome. And so we met them there and we set off for the walk and, or the hike. And, um, we actually did it in three hours. It was not bad at all. We didn't take that many stops. And, 
Um, we weren't sure if the rain was going to hold out on us or not. We had some rain in the forecast, but it turned out that we only just got sprinkled a little bit on the end, which was actually kind of fun because we hadn't done any hiking in the rain really. But all in all, it turned out to be a really great little pre-birthday week celebration. And I think she really enjoyed it. I think she really felt special. Um, and it just continued a cool tradition that we have started. So, um, but the best part I have to say the best and most, I'm not that it wasn't amazing that my dad hiked 10 miles, you know, five up and five down on his brand new hip that he only got nine weeks ago. But the best part was that our youngest finally graduated to full hike and pack status. She made it all the way up the mountain and all the way back down on her own two feet with the backpack strapped on. So like we have officially arrived. We can now hike anywhere. I mean, within reason, nobody's going to be doing the precipice trail at Acadia next year, but it was really such an accomplishment. And she still somehow managed to get to the top of the mountain and have energy to spare. I do not know how she does that. That was amazing. So it wasn't without a few little rough spots. You know, we had a few tears and multiple questions of when are we going to get there and how much is left and all that kind of stuff. But all in all, I was pretty impressed that she was able to make it all the way to the top. So, um, just like, this is all I have to say. This is my, this is my wrap up because as usual, I can't believe I've been talking this long. I did not purposely spend a lot of time outside as a kid. I really preferred to be inside reading a book. Um, here comes the train, by the way, the muted quiet train that you can only hear a little bit when I'm on the backside of the house. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time outside. I did play outside, but I wouldn't say that I really like loved it. It wasn't my first preference, but I have, I've really wanted my kids to have a different experience, but I also kind of, I'm trying to get myself to be more of a want to be outside kind of person. I love, I have discovered now that I like hiking. I love camping in a camper, but still I love camping. I love hiking. And those are good ways that we're getting outside a lot more often, but I found this cool, um, this cool thing. I was scrolling. I follow a bunch of homeschooly people on Instagram and I was scrolling a while back and someone has started something called the 1000 hours outside challenge. And it is based on Charlotte Mason's suggestion that children should spend four to six hours per day outside. And that's in like all kinds of weather, like Charlotte Mason, of course, you remember she was developing her method of education in the early 1900s. She really like thought like, unless it's a blizzard or a tornado that send the kids outside, put a rain slicker on them and some gum boots and send them outside, put a muffler on them and send them outside. Like she really advocated for kids to be outside year round, even in, you know, less than ideal weather. And that is the part that I haven't really been too hard on my kids about. Usually if it's raining or too hot or too cold, you know, I don't really force the issue, but I saw this idea of this thousand hours outside challenge. And I was like, you know what? I feel like we can do this. Like we can do it. 
And what better time to kick off our count than the week that we go and we do six hours of hiking. Like I can legitimately feel good, like ethically and morally. I know we spent six hours outside. So I printed off a chart and I have already filled in six little blocks. And my goal is to get to the thousand hours before we end our school year. Now, luckily for me, I don't technically, according to what I filed with the state, I don't have to finish our school year until July 30th. Yay. So I have plenty of time and I think we can do it, but I'm really going to, my, my goal and my challenge to myself is to really try and get outside even when the weather is less than ideal. And so it looks like as of tomorrow, old man winter is going to be arriving all over the country, but especially in the South and we ain't ready, but we're going to try and do the best that we can with whatever the, the weather gives us over the next couple months. So Thank you for listening to me opine about hiking for almost an hour. I don't really have a lot of hacks or tips or tricks to offer you. Just the encouragement that even if you have a honey badger for a member of your family, um, you can still make it work. So just do whatever you have to do. Throw a poncho on the kid and send them up the mountain and they're going to be better for it. I promise. And... If you made it all the way to the end of this, you know what I'm going to say. I definitely love you. And Jesus and Kanye West do too. Bye. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Winner, winner. <laughs>